We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Oh, and do we got a lot to talk about today. The Gophers' big win yesterday. The Vikings play San Francisco Without Everson Griffin and that saga, the Timberwolves are red hot and the Wild are red hot. And, oh, yeah, that stock market we're not quite sure of. So we bring in the guy that can talk to all of the above. Pete Nigerian, good morning. Weekend, at least, with our with our Badger game. Yeah, let's start with that, uh, Pete. It was something yesterday, obviously. It was uh, – I mean, that was as big a throwback uh, – <laughs> Uh, uh, to Big Ten football, as I can recall, w- w- was that not a sledgehammer game? That was. That was. T- that was two teams, and we knew it going in, Maxie. We we figured it was going to be one of these kind of games with these big offensive lines getting the football to their running backs and 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 really good high end quality running backs. Whether they're and and by the way, how about the fact that all those running backs are freshmen? Yeah. That that says a lot about the Big Ten and what people yeah, ought to be looking right. for. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I'll tell you. We went into this game thinking, Braylon Allen, uh, how are we going to stop him? What are we going to do? Uh, they, they got that big offensive line. They've got a great tight end. They have a quarterback who's okay, but he's not a great passer. So you, by handing the ball off, that gives him the opportunity to kind of pick and choose when he wants to throw the football. But what, what surprised me, Maxie, was the fact that they didn't run the football as aggressively as they had been running the football. Yes. And that, that was the surprise for me. The fact that, that Mertz actually threw the ball as many times as he did was absolutely shocking, quite honestly. But, uh, but, but things do change sometimes. And for whatever reason, they chose not to pound the ball on us like we probably expected them to do. And I'll throw out the text uh, line right now in the phone line. Six, it's one and the same. 651-461-9226. 651-461-9226. If you were at the game yesterday, what kind of an experience was it for you? Did you get a kick out of when they played jump around when they were celebrating on the field after the game? Uh, was it appropriate or inappropriate? How did it feel yesterday uh, at the stadium? And does it feel like this is now a program that, that's taken a, 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 a huge step uh, towards contending in the Big Ten West every day, uh, every year, which will, will, you know, the hope will sell tickets, of course, in the off season. And and I'm just interested to find out where Gopher fans stand on this, on what happened yesterday, and on, on, on where it's at right now. Six five one four six one nine two two six. You know, um, uh, you said it merged through the ball more than I thought he would. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Gopher stayed committed to a game plan, uh, but. The Gopher defensive line is an interesting group. Yep. They, they uh, you know, transfer portal. Uh, they, they, they apparently picked some of the right guys, and they were they were better than the Wisconsin offensive line yesterday, and 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 that surprised me a little bit. It surprised me as well, Maxie. When you look at our front seven, uh, we're solid. We've we've been pretty solid for most of the year, but. Uh, you look at that offensive line, you look at their ability to be able to push people around, run the football, pound the football, quite honestly, at everybody with that that big running back, the big fullback. They've got a huge offensive line. 
And meanwhile, our defensive line absolutely dominated them. And I, I, I want to give a lot of credit to Maxi. Our, our, our linebackers are absolutely outstanding. And they played a great game yesterday. And that was something that I think sort of forced Wisconsin a little bit to trade, to, to change out their identity a little bit because Jack Gibbons, I'll tell you what, I think he might be the best looking linebacker for the Gophers that I've seen in a long time. And that, that includes a lot of guys that are right now playing in the NFL. This, this transfer kid is is big, he's strong, he's fast, and and he attacks uphill all the time. And and I'll tell you, it that was a huge difference. I think Maxie, if the D line can keep those linebackers with the ability to be able to run and hit the football, which is exactly what was going on yesterday. Those two linebackers, they they led the Gopher defense. They were absolutely outstanding, and that's I think it really was a part of why Wisconsin kind of got away. From what they do, you know, I, I was looking at this, Maxie. How about if I told you the last eight games they've been averaging about seventeen passes a game, and yesterday they decided to throw the ball thirty-eight times. Yeah, uh, it's it's just, and it wasn't like they were so far behind they needed to catch up and all that kind of stuff. These these are stats that are real. They chose to throw the football because they were struggling running the football. But I I think good football teams stick with their identity when the game is still close. You've got to continue to pound that ball and let Allen get the football. They didn't do it. They, they decided to throw the football, which I think was a huge mistake. Now, now part of, you know, and, and I, uh, this points out how difficult it is maybe to referee a game, but I got to tell you, you know, this, this pass interference versus no interference, mm-hmm. on just about every play that you look at, you could make a case for interference or not interference. Uh, on either side, offensive, defensive, all those things. I mean, mm-hmm. it was it was such a grinder, cornerback to receiver yesterday because there was so much contact, and the biggest plays, to a large extent, ended up to be pass interference calls. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, I'll tell you what, I, I look at our receivers, Maxie, and, and what I'm impressed with about the Gopher receivers is they're physical. And so, uh, yes, they're battling. They're, they're not just hand fighting. They're battling with those DBs, uh, as they're running through the secondary and trying to get themselves open. And it seemed like the referees yesterday just wanted to allow a lot of contact. And, and, and sometimes that's okay. As long as you know what the rules are <laughs> during the game with the referees, you can play within those rules. You just have to find out, well, how much movement, how much can we push, uh, push these guys if we're on the side, on the defensive side? How aggressive can you be? They, you just have to find that out and you have to figure it out fairly quickly in the early parts of the game. But they did. They, they allowed it to be extremely physical, Maxie. And there was, there was so many different times during the day, the games where you were seeing these, these guys just literally battle. And I think in some ways, uh, some of the passes that I saw from Tanner Morgan yesterday looked like Tanner Morgan of the past, where he had been just dead on. I mean, he's dropping those dimes, as everybody likes to say it. And he, he really did throw the ball well when we did throw the ball. But we didn't have to throw the ball, and that was, that was one of the big advantages, I think. Well, and, and the fact that Wisconsin never scored a touchdown. Uh, you know, right. I mean, offensively, they, they scored the, yeah. the pick six, the deflection, mm-hmm. uh, and that was it. And, and uh, when they got into the red zone, the Gophers got better defensively as well. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that, that's not something that we've seen, you know, uh, year in and year out here for sure, particularly when teams get down in that, in that you know, that, that 15 to 10 yard line. Usually they got some pet plays. And, and the mm-hmm. thing that they, they denied, and this goes part and parcel, which you talked about with your linebacker, uh, uh, the synopsis that you had uh, earlier, um, was that Ferguson was a non-factor. I mean, I mean they looked oh. like they had the right play. They, they wanted him in the scheme. You knew they were going to try mm-hmm. to get it to him at some point in time, and it got taken away. Yeah, 
it, it, it really was impressive. I think, I think you, we got to give a lot of credit to our defensive coordinator for, for calling a great game, getting the guys into position, making sure we kind of stuffed that box up pretty good. Credit to our defensive coordinator for, for calling a great game, getting the guys into position, making sure we kind of stuffed that box up pretty good so that it would be more difficult for them to run. That doesn't always work, but it did work yesterday. And I, you just got to give a lot of credit to that defensive line and, and how well they played. I think it was one of their better games. It doesn't mean necessarily they were getting sacks and they were getting pressures and all the rest of that. But if they can keep that offensive line off of those linebackers and allow them to run, which is exactly what happened, he had nowhere to go, Maxie. Uh, he, he really didn't have anywhere to go. And Braylon Allen is a guy who just came off of a game where he ran for 228 yards against Nebraska. And meanwhile, we, we absolutely stuffed him. And I think the, on the other side of the ball, I think what helped our passing game a lot for Tanner Morgan and opened it up was we stuck with some of the running game. We did rush the ball 30 times with, with our two star, you know, freshman now running backs and they almost got a hundred yards, but those guys, they, they did a great job on defense as well, but what I liked was we didn't give up on running the football. We, we, we continued to try to pound the football and make them be honest and then be able to throw. And how about that, Maxie? How about the fact that we finally in the last couple of weeks have woken up to throw the football to the tight end? Okay, okay. Now, now I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, when we come back, i just going to tell mm-hmm. you this. Last week we were doing our show, and you were talking about that, right, using the tight end uh-huh. more. Well, it just so happened, and I won't. Uh, an NFL coach was listening to our show, and he mm-hmm. said, "I'm listening to you and Pete. Here's what you need to know about the tight end. I will tell you what he shared with us. When we come back after the break, okay? <laughs> yeah, it's let's Mike do it. Max is Pete Najarian. It's the huddle. It's WCCO." Welcome back. Taking your phone call, 651-461-9226. What was your experience like yesterday at the bank if you were there? 651-461-9226. Pete, we've got some text coming in as well. Um, and uh, first I want to go to the, the – I mentioned there's an NFL coach, and he yeah, uh, was listening to our show last week. <laughs> and uh, I, will, I will read you what he said, and then you can respond. Uh, heard Pete uh, Nigerian and yourself Sunday morning. Good job with the new show. Really enjoyed it. Uh, please remind Pete, he, he like so many, want to see the tight end targeted more. There are very few agile enough to get open. Even fewer can consistently catch the rock. <laughs> if that's based on uh, film study or what he's got in his personnel, I won't share what team he's with. Uh, I'll do it to you with you off the air. Uh, but but uh, the inference there is it's hard to get the it's hard to find that guy. Do you think it is or not? I always said go find a great basketball player and you can do it. Yeah, that's what you're you're looking for that basketball player or that or the guy who's got that little bit of extra height at least and that, and and he's not big enough quite to be an offensive lineman but he's 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 fast enough to to not be a receiver but he's fast enough to be a tight end. You find that guy and you've got it. I'll tell you, I I would disagree only because I think when you look at the NFL and you look at those offenses you look around, and these guys are thrown to the tight end in the NFL. They, they find him a lot. And I think even Kirk Cousins has done a much better job of getting the ball to our tight end. But, yeah. um, you know, I look around, Maxie, and I see that kid Ferguson. I mean, it, it, he obviously got bottled up pretty good yesterday, and he's one of the keys 
to that Wisconsin offense as well. Because you run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and then all of a sudden you, you dump it over the middle to the tight end. That's a, that's a fairly easy play because those linebackers are going to jump up and they're going to bite on that run or run fake. And now the tight end's got an opportunity. And, and, and that's what I see as a former linebacker. I can tell you, they told us, don't guard the tight end. <laughs> Yeah. Go back and get in a position between you and the quarterback, and, and you get right in the middle between him and the guy deep, the guy 15 yards downfield. Let's not worry about the tight end. They throw him the ball, we'll just tackle him. And so, and I, but I disagree, and I'll tell you what. I think when you go back to last week and you take a look at us throwing the football to Span Ford, our tight end, He's big good. guy, six foot eight, yeah, six eight, two seventy. I walked past him yesterday when I was at the 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 breakfast in the morning with the team. I got to tell you, Maxie. Um, it's been a long time. I know you're in locker rooms a lot because of obviously your yeah, sports by, background. Yeah, by the texture sports... says, "Have Pete give us a synopsis of his captain's breakfast message." Did you speak yesterday? <laughs> I did. I did. I, I, I spoke to the team yesterday, and uh, you know, it's funny, Maxie. Everybody thinks that I'm this guy who's really comfortable in front of crowds and all the rest of that. I yeah. really am not. Really, <laughs> I'm really not. Well, I'm always the uncomfortable. Job of fooling us. Well, even on TV and, and everything, I, it's just, um, I, I've never been comfortable and I've been doing it for a long time. But, but yesterday, you know, I, 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 I went in a little bit nervous. And, and by the time I stood up next to PJ as he introduced me to the guys and, and Norris Wilson, my old guy, Norris Wilson, the offensive lineman, um, I'll tell you what, I, I looked at those guys and I thought, you know what, these are my guys. These are the, these are the guys that in life, they're, they're your friends forever. And even though I'm not playing there and I'm just some outsider, uh, you feel a part of it. And I felt a part of it. So my nerves actually calmed almost immediately when I started to talk. And uh, I, I tell you what, it's great to look in, into 20-year-olds' eyes and, and see them wanting information and wanting what, to, what wanting to hear me? what you have to say. <laughs> um in a nutshell, Maxie, I, I, you know, they want you to be under 10 minutes. I'm a, a guy who likes to talk a little bit quicker just because I think that when you have urgency in your voice, people tend to think a little, you know, listen a little bit closer. Yep. Um, I kept it fairly short and sweet, but essentially, in a nutshell, I just I explained to them how all of the great things about football right now for them uh, will be with them for the rest of their lives. And that's discipline. That's dedication. It, it's all of the things that we talk about each and every day about how you have to approach the day. You better be prepared. So that was, that was sort of the backdrop of it all. But I, I think that the other thing that I've always thought is really, really important, and I never thought about it until I was sitting on the bench one day at the Dome about my second year at the University of Minnesota, and I thought to myself, you know, we only get 12 opportunities a year to play football. You practice all year. 365 days of the year, you're pretty much somehow involved with your sport. And so when you put on that helmet for those 12 times or whatever, maybe there's a bowl game, whatever it is, um, but when the day comes where you can't strap your helmet on ever again, uh, you can never repeat what football gives you. If you're a golfer, you can play till you're 90. If you're yep. a baseball guy or, you know, yep. and all these other basketball, sports. Basketball, you can play pickup, but there's yep. a few sports Hockey guys, can. Can, yeah, right. This is the one sport where when you take your chin strap off and you take your helmet and set it down, you'll never put it on again. Once you take it off from college or pro, you never get to put it on again. So I just tried to explain to them. That's why it's the greatest game and the most heartbreaking game in the world because you won't ever be able to do it ever again once you take that off. So why not make every single game important? So that was essentially my my message. You know, I saw uh, well Ben Burkon later, the head coach at Lakeville South, and what a football team they had, and, and they had a game similar to the Gophers yesterday against Maple Grove in the state championship. But when you see yeah. those kids at the end of the game when they're waiting for their trophy to be presented, and particularly the team that lost, and you see them crying. 
mm-hmm. you know, you know, for many of them, you know, they've already decided this is their last football game in high school already. Sure. And that's exactly what's hitting them, isn't it? It's, it's that mm-hmm. feeling that, you, you know, I can never do this again. When I take yeah. this off, it's forever. And I can never repeat what I felt. Uh, with these mm-hmm. brothers that I went to battle with again, and and that is, uh, uh, I mean, the good news is you get to you get to carry it with you as a stripe on your shoulder mm-hmm. for the rest of your life, uh, mm-hmm. whenever you played, whatever level that you played at. But it it is a it is a tough tough day, isn't it? When you, when you it, for all the right reasons you're crying, mm-hmm. right? Right, yeah, and you 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 know you'll you'll never have those smells again standing outside. Whether it's a you know these days, obviously they're turf fields and everything, but yeah. you know for, for the most part, it's those it's the smells. It's it's it, and, and I mean that not in a funny way. It's just the the smell of being outside with all your guys and 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 everything that goes into something like that. When you're in the stadium, like I was yesterday, you know it, it's great. And and, it, and an old guy like me, I jumped onto the field, Maxi. I walked around out there with everybody and stormed the field because it was such a great victory. And you you know you kind of want to be a part of that. And you you look in those players' eyes. They look like men because they're so big and strong, but they're still boys. They really are. Yeah. And they are, and they're happy and they're so excited and you're so excited for them and you're hugging these guys. And, and I'll tell you, it is, it is such a great sport. It, it really, really is. And it is heartbreaking. And, but I, I also told them, I said, look, someday you'll be like me. You'll be in the parking lot. You'll do a little tailgating. You'll have fun. You guys will tell stories. And when you do, it's amazing. You're a lot faster, a lot yeah. bigger, a lot stronger. <laughs> and you remember those stories and, and, and that's a little okay bit differently too. than and they and were. That's part yep. of it too, right? That's, the, <laughs> Absolutely. that's what you kind of earn, right? Yep, yep. You you definitely earn that from all the pain and, and struggles and the dedication that it takes to be able to get out there. So many people think that the NFL and college football, you just step out there and you play each week. And oh, they, they, hard, they have oh, no idea the it hours. It is so hard. It's hard <laughs> yeah. to move up on the depth chart. And in and, and, yep. and the, the psyche of that, just trying to prove yourself and seeing that you're not mm-hmm. on the travel team or whatever it is as you go through football, it is a hard hard sport and you better take time to celebrate it from time to time if you can make that commitment mm-hmm. absolutely it is and and, and maxi the other interesting thing we got to talk about this maybe when we have a little bit more time but how about this coaching carousel that we're seeing now and all these open jobs that are out there and the money that's being spent including here in the big me? 10 95 million <laughs> at michigan state Oh gosh, Penn State's not too far behind either. Penn State's We're talking not about far you know. I mean, it's incredible. <laughs> let's take one phone call and let's go to Ken on line one. He's been waiting patiently. Ken, you're on WCCO in the huddle. Good morning. Uh, yes, as a season ticket holder, I was at the game yesterday, and it was an amazing game. It reminded me of the Penn State game two years ago, and it had the same intensity, the same excitement, the same importance, and uh, everybody just. Nobody left that game. I mean, everybody stayed, even the students. They all stayed. <laughs> and uh, I was really amazed at the number of students that were there. They filled that bowl and to the to the hilt. And it was interesting. Uh, during the game, I was watching, uh, you know, the coaches and stuff. And I was watching because uh, my seat's on the side, the sunny side. And I was watching Chris. And he seemed <laughs> so not involved. I, I just couldn't believe it because he's, he's off by himself. And uh, not really talk. He just talks to a couple people, and that's about it. It was, uh, but it was an amazing. It was an amazing thing and amazing uh, uh, deal where the fans charged the field again. And and uh, so I, it's one of those games that come around once in a while, and you want to be there when it happens. Mm-hmm. Can appreciate it. Thanks for your call. Six five one four six one nine two two six six five one. 
651-641-9226. If any, any of you are down on the field afterwards and want to explain what that felt like, give us a call. 651-461-9226. Taking your calls and your texts, it's The Huddle with Pete and Mike on WCCO. Welcome back. 651-461-9226. Give us a call or a text if you're at the game yesterday and your impressions or thoughts. 651-461-9226. Uh, here's a text. Pete was going to say something about Brevin Span Ford until Mike interrupted him. What else is new? <laughs> Pete, would you consider, and, and along with these lines, Pete, would you consider forming a group of fans to increase the season ticket base? Uh and I don't know what the season ticket base is right now, but Pete, take you didn't finish your thought on Span Ford because I jumped in. My bad. And, and, and is there a way to, uh, you know, it, 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 does winning take care of season ticket base, do you think? There's no doubt it helps, Maxie. But I think the reality is that uh, it, we, we've talked about this already, about pricing and everything else. And I actually had some deeper conversations with some of the folks yesterday when I was at the football game. Um, you know, halftime and that you're, you're, you're kicking around ideas, but uh, you, you look around, it was so great. How great was it to see the bank yesterday just absolutely packed to the gills? It was fantastic. And, you know, Wisconsin, obviously, that was extremely helpful because they do travel well. And, yes, uh, hey, but remember, and they have this, a, there's no kids at, on campus either. So, that, that you know, you had to make an effort if you were a student to go to this game. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. And I'll, and I'll tell you, those, that student section at the University of Minnesota right now this year, 2021, is the loudest, best student section I've ever seen and heard at the University of Minnesota. I am not joking with you. It's, they do an amazing job. We, as, as, as people outside of the university, have to do a better job of, of figuring out how we are going to be able to afford and go to those games. But I do, I do think it is about money still. Uh, you know, Maxie, when you're, when you're talking about, I think, the least expensive ticket is somewhere up in the $45 range or something like that. Maybe that's too high. Whatever the case is, we, we've got to do something to address that. But I think that stadium and winning does help a lot. But let's let's be honest. We, we had eight wins this year. So uh, we, we've done pretty well on that category. But it's also about competition, right? And, and we didn't play Michigan. We didn't play Michigan State. So those, those are, are schools that I think people would help fill into the stadium as well. And so, you know, it is about who you're playing, and it's it's how far people want to stretch that dollar, though. That's something that's then, you know, economically, that's been a storyline now ever since the pandemic started is where do people want to spend their money and why? And they're, they're still willing to go to the pro sports. It's it's a little tougher at the college level, especially when the dollars are, are that much more expensive than than they, they were in the past, and I think that's something that has to be addressed by the university. Yep, for sure. Now, uh, along those lines, um, I, I don't know, Friday, if you watched the, the game or not, but when you look at how close, if you assume it played out like it did yesterday, either way, uh, the Gophers came to win in the Big Ten West. All, all Nebraska had to do, Pete, was, was protect the 21-6 lead in the fourth quarter and oh, Iowa yep. found more ways to score points, a block field goal for a touchdown, a safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, the, the Gophers were within an eyelash of playing next week against Michigan for the Big Ten uh, title. Yeah, yeah. You know what? And I, I'm not so sure that would have, would have been great for us or not. I, 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 you know, that's, that's a great, that's a philosophical <laughs> question you have to ask, right? <laughs> you do. Um, obviously, we'd want to be there. There's no doubt about that. And, and Nebraska, just for a second, I will say this about Scott Frost and what he's done. So they, they have a terrible record. They're three and nine. Nine so that, that's losses ter- by a yeah. touchdown or less? 
by a touch. That's where I was going. And, and, and they, they were in every single game. They were literally, uh, you know, one opportunity from winning and, and they just couldn't get it done. And, and unfortunately, I think the whole season came down to exactly what we saw in that Iowa game. They were there. They had the opportunity. They couldn't close the door. They just could not close yeah, the door. Yeah, the backup Maxie. quarterback looked pretty good for the most part until you know until the fourth quarter. I thought he looked great. I totally agree with you. He shocked me. I didn't expect to see him play nearly to that level. He did a great and, and job because that's a great again, defense. Not to you, but that place no. was packed. I mean, I couldn't oh, believe boy. it. Friday after Thanksgiving, <laughs> they've turned that into quite a tradition. That that rivalry game, haven't they? They have. Nebraska does such a great job. I, I don't know how many of the, 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 the number is now of consecutive sellouts, but they continue, Maxie, and that, that shows you the commitment from them as fans because they have not been very good since Scott Frost got there and even before that, which is the reason they, that coach was fired and Scott was brought in. But, you know, it, it is something that you just wonder, at, at, is there going to come a point for Nebraska to not be able to sell out. And I, and I think the, the great thing about those fans is I think they are smart enough intellectually about the game of football and understand it well enough that he's right there. Scott Frost is right there on the edge. And if you look at those nine games that they lost, and like you said, by one score, uh, they are in those games. They're fighting hard. They're doing their very best. They are just a, a play or two away from being a much, much better football team than three and nine. Okay, I want to get this before the break. We can pick it up yeah. later as well. But uh, this new virus in, in South Africa obviously wreaks havoc with the markets. How, mm-hmm. how did they react to them, and what do you think? Well, the initial reaction was terrible. Uh, yeah. The second that news came out, Maxie, we were down 600 points, 800 points. We actually spent most of the day on Friday, which was a half day, down 900-plus points on the Dow. The NASDAQ wasn't any better. People get scared, and, and this is the kinds of reactions that people have, and we don't even know enough about this virus yet. If it's in the United States, most likely probably is. But, uh, you know, it's it's just one more hurdle we're going to have to get over, and this, this is, impacts people. There's no doubt about it because they hear the word cu- uh, lockdown, and people want to put their hands out and sell. Um, I don't think that's the right decision a lot of the time, and I think that was proven by the pandemic itself, that those lows in March – were extraordinarily oversold, and then we started to come back, and the businesses and people started to figure out how things were going to be. Uh, I think that's the same thing. We just have to adjust each and every day and understand what's happening in the world, what's going on globally. This is not just about the United States. It's globally how this impacts the markets. There's no doubt. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk some high school football. Uh, it was a heck of a football game, Maple Grove. If, if you like the Gophers in Wisconsin, then you like Lakeville South against Maple Grove. It was quite a mm-hmm. 6A title game. Ben Burke is the guy responsible for that Lakeville South team, state championship coach. We'll visit with him and much more straight ahead on this edition of The Huddle. For two years, they played uh, a brand of football, uh, in the elite of high school football. And last year, of course, they couldn't play for a state championship because of COVID. This year they could, and they did, and they earned it. Lakeville South, that is, won the 6A championship in a physical, tough, grinded-out game against Maple Grove where, um, I mean, it, it looked like Minnesota and Wisconsin. It was the, it was this, if, if you like that kind of football, you're in for a treat this weekend. Ben Burke is the head coach at Lakeville South, and he is the architect of it, of course. Ben, congratulations, and, and, and explain that grinder that you went through in the prep bowl to get to it. Yeah, hi, Mike. Thanks. It's, uh, you know, great, like you said. 
hard-nosed, tough football game. It's the kind of football game we like being in as a as a run first downhill team. You know, a lot of credit to Maple Grove. Coach Lombardi did a great job scheming us up on uh, on his defense, and our you know credit to our coaches as well and our defensive staff. They did a phenomenal job um, containing a great back and a pretty good quarterback over there. And so just a lot of defense, and it's not what people are used to around here with the way we've been able to score some points. Yeah. But, you know, it's the kind of game we prepare for, for sure. Pete? Hey, Ben, people are always looking ahead, right? And and, and they want to know, okay, what about next year? What about next year? So I'll ask you, uh, what about next year? Are you losing a lot of your, your star players, or, or what's the status for you guys going forward? Yeah, you know, we're going we're gonna to go back to work. You know, we're, we're taking some time this weekend to celebrate, um, especially our senior class. There's, I think, 26 guys on that on, on that team that are, uh, seniors and just real proud of the effort that they've given all the way back since when they were little in third grade, fourth grade football. And, and there's definitely some impact players that are leaving. Obviously, Chase Androff, the big Nebraska commit at tight end, and Will Klebicek's our other tight end. He's going to go to the University of St. Thomas. And Camden Dean, the quarterback, that was kind of the you know focal point of our offense in the game the other night. He's going to uh, go play quarterback down in Mankato and and then we've got, you know, a handful of others. Zach Juckel on the defense, he's leaving. And a lot of other really talented football players and guys that played significant roles, um, whether it be leadership or, you know, Josh Jacobson was a, a great two-year running back for us that kind of got overshadowed by Carson Hansen, but, you know, the physicality that he brought. And a handful of linemen on the on the defensive line are gone. So we've got holes just wow. like every high school has to deal with. and. Um, we're looking for that junior class to step up and be leaders. But one of the cool things about playing in the prep bowl is that you get to bring some sophomores along and they get basically an extra month of practice. And so we kind of have a good idea of who they are and they just have to spend a good off season in the weight room. Ben, you know, when, uh, when Lakeville split years ago into two schools and made that decision as a district, uh, I thought it was a wonderful decision because it's just the opportunities for kids. There was some thought that, okay, they might not be competing for state championships anymore because they're going to split the talent pool in two. Well, Lakeville North won state a couple of years ago, and now you won state. Mm-hmm. What, what, what goes on as an association you still work together to an extent? Tell me about that feeder system, that program, and how, how, how you're getting these kids uh, to what we saw on, uh, on Friday night. Yeah, you know, you nailed it. There's a there's a lot that goes into making decisions about splitting school districts up into multiple schools, and that you know, having moved to Lakeville after that decision was made, um, I you know, it was something that I really thought was good for the community. And like you said, more kids get to play sports, not just football, and it doesn't always revolve around athletics, but it sure makes it good for those kids to be able to participate in a lot of different things and so proud of our community for making that decision when they did and then um, just in terms of everything else in the youth program you know middle school you know there were times were tough and middle school football kind of went away in, in this time in this town and so we we leaned a lot on our uh, basically dads to coach these kids when they were little and just a, a huge amount of credit to our youth association on the south side for being organized and developing coaches the way that they do and and which which ends up you know in turn developing really good young athletes and you know we want them to be strong and we want them to to understand football and practice hard but most importantly when they're that age we want them to develop a love for the game and we our number one measuring stick for that is do they play the next year and you know this year and last year being able to graduate senior classes in the 20s has been really 
kind of a key because you have leadership. And um, so we've been able to try to keep those kids out for football and we try to make it fun and try to make it enjoyable. And one thing that I'll credit our program and mostly our senior class and junior classes, they go getting involved in those kids' lives at a young age. And, you know, my, my son's a third grader and he knows every kid. I'm on the varsity roster, and it's not just because he's my kid. It's because if they go down there and they watch games and they ref games and participate. So it's a really good community atmosphere in terms of football down here in Lakeville, and you know, we try to do it the right way and keep the focus on the kids and having fun and developing a brotherhood all the way down. So, Ben, I got a kind of a two-pronged question for you because you mentioned it. Uh, when you bring up those sophomores, like you said, and you get an extra month or so to be able to train as you're getting towards the, uh, the the dome itself, what did you were you able to see? Because losing 26 players uh, is just unbelievable. Uh, that's uh, that's incredible, and you, it sounded like a lot of those kids are going somewhere else to play football at a high level. So that's impressive as well. But do you do you see those holes being able to be filled fairly easily? Uh, maybe that's not even the right way to say it. Uh, do do you see those holes uh, that that you could find guys now that you see that potentially are those guys who will be the starters? And and my other side of that question would be, how about this kid? Why is he going to Nebraska? <laughs> right, Maxie? What what's going on? <laughs> we, we we just actually the last section we told them why they're going to Nebraska because we told them about that fan base and everything else. That's right. So ben, That's go right. ahead. Yeah. Well, number one, you know, I think it takes a long time to kind of let kids mature, and there's every every class has a lot of really good talented players. I think in our program, and so it's about finding who fits the best in which position. And there's kids that. You know, they put, we try to get them into a position where we think they're going to be, but, you know, they're teenage boys. You don't know when they're going to grow, uh, what their bodies are going to look like as, as juniors and seniors sometimes isn't the same. And guys that you think will be really good, we are, and then sometimes you wonder. And so there's a lot of development that happens, especially from sophomore year to junior year. Um, so, but we got, you know, there's talented kids at every level. Um, and so, you know, we try to, we you know, our, our program mantra has kind of tried to be um, – keeping kids at the level that they're at. Um, and if they if they want to be a starter, like Zach Juckel was a linebacker that started for us as a sophomore. Chase Andros started as a sophomore um, for a lot of the year when they were little. And they have to be better than the guys in front of them. Um, and so those two for sure were. And But there's there's kids kind of all throughout our program. And, you know, one thing that we don't have is, is the amount of numbers, like you said, because we're a split community. And we only have so many kids out for football. Um, but one of the things that I really love about the way we organize things and our coaches is we, we share a lot of kids. Both kids play offense and defense. And so it's really about finding, okay, if this guy's a better linebacker, we can plug him in at guard and um, the other kid in at guard and they kind of move around and kids play both ways. And it's not super difficult for them to do that because they practice that every day. And so it ends up helping us. And I think in the long run, especially in the playoff run like we had. And then to answer your other question, you have to go where you're offered. You know, and he yep. <laughs> Chase made a decision to go to Nebraska because they, you know, they they loved him up and and made him a priority. And so, you know, my I try not to get involved in in what where their decisions are because they have families and they have things and goals in their life. And I just try to help them weigh the balance of everywhere they want to go and try to make good choices. And at the end of the day, they're going to pick where they think they fit the best, and that's what what, what Chase did.
Ben Burke, we heard this time and time again, but the appreciation that everybody that competed this year in front of fans and to have that uh, dangling out there, that being the U.S. Bank Stadium in a, in a championship format at the end of the year, did you feel that all year as a coach? Did players feel it because of what you went through? You know, last year, everybody was appreciative just that there was a season and because it looked mm. like there was not going to be one. And, and this year, uh, it seemed like they were appreciative because there were fans and there was a championship and, and brackets to play for. Did it feel like that all year? And is that the best takeaway from COVID is, is that we got back to appreciating our opportunities? Yeah, I think that's one way to look at it for sure. I think the thing that what I like to talk about with all that is there's football and life, you know, there's always, always kind of hard moments that you got to go through. And I think the resolve that our team has been able to show over the course of the last, I don't know how many games, three years or whatever, um, there's always something that's going to kind of perk up. And, you know, for, for a while it was COVID for a while it was not sure if you're going to have a season. And then, then you have to play games and you, you know, they get their opportunity and they I think last year's group is extremely thankful for this one. Um, for the year that they had last year. And then this year it was really about kind of finishing. And, and it wasn't so much that we didn't get the chance last year. It was that this group just felt like it was their mission since they were little. And you hear them talk about that a lot, how they really just enjoyed competing and playing. And that, that group of seniors, I think, was just real special in that way where they were really a close group pretty much their entire high school career and even going back. And so, to have the opportunity to play in U.S. Bank Stadium is really, really special um, and just real thankful for them working so hard as they did. Like, you know, Coach Thompson tells me all the time, when you have really good players, you look like a really smart coach, and that was what we had this year for sure. <laughs> yeah, and he had his grandson amongst them, and he was able to enjoy another state championship. That was pretty cool as well. Hey, Ben, thank you so much, and congratulations Thanks, on a great run uh, out there and, and obviously culminating with the state championship uh, this past week, but it was really fun to watch this team play football this year. Thanks, Ben. Thanks a lot, guys. You bet. Ben Burke, head coach at Lakeville South, and you know, Pete, as I watched these uh, the, the the prep bowl and uh, over you know a couple of days, uh, mm-hmm. I I don't know, and this is a really good question, and uh, it, I see so many good football players, and I go, mm-hmm. is that a Big Ten football player? Is that an NSIC <laughs> football player? Is that a what? Yeah. I, I don't even know how to distinguish. Sometimes, mm-hmm. do you have to put a clock on these? Because there's so many high-end performers. Do you have to put a clock on them at camp and find out how fast they run the 40? How, how do you, uh, if you're watching, how, how does Pete Nigerian say, that guy's Big Ten ready versus, boy, he's a dominant player, but he's not Big Ten? Yeah, some of these guys, uh, such great. it's a great question, number one, but it, it comes down to how physical they are. Are they really committed? Do they have the kind of speed like you say? But I want to see football speed. I, I don't care about 40 times. Everybody loves to get into that whole that whole mess. I think the reality is how do you play when you're on the football field? That's where Gibbons, our linebacker with the Gophers, stands out for me. I, I already know. PJ said he doesn't have a great 40 time. I said it doesn't matter, Coach. That kid can play football. He runs and he knows how to hit the ball. That's what these coaches have to analyze, and that's what makes it so difficult. But there is a lot of talent. There's no yeah. doubt. Yeah, oh, for sure, and fun. When we come back, the, the Vikings play the San Francisco 49ers, as you know, Dan, a huge game for the Minnesota Vikings. There's a local that made his way to San Francisco, and he's now one of the most powerful people in their front office. We'll hook up with him when we come back. This is the huddle on News Talk 830 WCCO. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.